Hello. Hey. Welcome to the Ice Cream Parlor. This is the podcast where each week we take you through a horror movie. First we watch it, then we discuss it. I am Heidi Gonzalez, and this is Stefan Syed. Hey, how's it going? Stefan, how was your week? Oh, it's great. Can't complain. I mean, you did earlier, but... (laughs) Yeah, that's probably bullshit. There's a lot of things I could complain about, but not on here. It's great. I don't know. You're high? I'm high. (laughs) But I feel good. All right. Um, Well, this week, we're going to watch Mandy. 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 Uh, This is a listener recommendation. Well, technically it was. My brother listened to it and said, you guys should do Mandy. So... Who's Mandy? Um... We'll find out. The trailer looks really good. Yeah, we. Um, it looks very uh, creepy. Yeah, and creepy is usually pretty good. Um, I, the trailer looks actually really good. Uh, it's full of vibrant colors, lots of blood, um, a chainsaw fight. Yeah, we did see that, and there was a tiger. A tiger. <laughs> um, it. Um, there's a lot of creepy elements, creepy feeling in it. It's, um, I, I looked up a little bit. I looked it up a little bit and it said it's incredibly violent, but amazingly beautiful. Nice. Well, I know you're going to love it because it's got Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I mean, I dig Nicolas Cage. He's, this is supposed to be like his best, I guess, but whatever. We'll see. Um, I did like him in Con Air. Yeah. Did you see Wicker Man? The remake with him? No, I did not. I'm not really big on remakes. I watch them when I have to. Yes, but not the Nicolas Cage one. Gotcha. I did the reverse. Ah. I've only seen the Nicolas Cage one at first. (laughs) And I didn't really even expect it when I watched it. I had no idea that it was going to end the way it did. But um, that movie was pretty kind of brutal in some ways, I think. Well, Interestingly enough, or maybe not interesting, but I'm going to share it anyway. The reason I don't watch remakes is because, or I try to avoid them as best I can, is because I watched the original Gone in 60 Seconds, which was fucking amazing. And then I watched the Nicolas Cage one. Mm -hmm. And not so very much. (laughs) So (laughs) I try to avoid those and biopics. See, me, again, opposite. (laughs) I haven't seen the original Gone in 60 Seconds, so... Mm. But whatever. So, the, the remake, that's Angelina Jolie and, like, Dreadlocks, right? I guess so. But when I saw it, I don't know it was a remake. I just saw it as a movie. I was kind of just like, whatever. It had fun elements. Yeah. So, I don't pay attention. Sometimes I just watch things. All right. But anyways. So, uh, let's get into Mandy. Yeah. So, uh, tell me about it. What do you know about it? Well, okay, so it's supposed to be a revenge flick. Kind of similar to what I spit on your grave. Yeah, I think that's what I. That's what you mentioned. Yeah, Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be a revenge film. Um, It it, again, it's supposed to be one of Nicolas Cage's best works. Um, So, from what I did see, this movie, when he was filming this movie, it was when he found out he was going to be divorcing his wife of 14 years. And the way he put it was um, in an interview he gave, he said those feelings had to go somewhere. And um, 
So I imagine it's going to be pretty mm. powerful. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. I can't wait to see it. Um, we, we tried to see it once already to be fully transparent and we fell asleep, but not for any reason other than <laughs> we were just really tired that day. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, we'll try it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll be right back. Hey everyone, we wanted to give you a quick heads up that near the end of the episode, you'll hear a difference in the sound. Unfortunately, we lost some audio, but luckily we were able to switch to our backup. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. We're back. We are back. (laughs) Okay, so we watched Mandy and we have a lot of things to say about it. Um, But first, here's some info. Um, Mandy came out in 2018. It was directed by Panos Cosmato. Cosmatos. Cosmatos. Cool Panos like, Cosmatos. It's like probably Cosmos Italian. and Tomato yeah. in one. You think it's Italian or what? Panos Cosmatos. Or, or Greek. Greek. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's a cool name. Yeah. All right. And it stars Nicolas Cage as Red. Red. And... You're going to have to help me with it. Andrea Riseborough. Um, and she's Mandy. Mandy, which I don't, they don't really say their names too often in the movie. Right. I don't I, for think. For a long time, I kept forgetting, like, what his. Uh, I, I didn't read. Like, I don't even remember them really saying that. I can't remember them saying his name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but right. I know it's Red. Right. Okay. Let's just get right into it. Okay. The basic premise is a seemingly idyllic life of a couple is shattered by a group of bikers and a hippie cult, thereby resulting in a rage and revenge spiral. Right. You know, that old trope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, So the movie is set in the Pacific Northwest in 1983. Mm -hmm. And we know that because they use title cards. Mm -hmm. Title cards. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we also know that because... Red is a lumberjack. Yeah. And saw, like, uh, <laughs> they show Reagan was the president on TV, like on a news thing well, he was watching I, yeah, or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, definitely it was the 80s. And um, also Mandy's wardrobe, which is mostly classic rock tees sure, that look yeah. too new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's okay. So it opens with like Nicolas Cage being a lumberjack and just a hard-working man doing earning going his, home to his woman yeah earning his pay he doesn't hang out with the guys or anything and goes home to he, he says no thank you to the beer yeah um <laughs> <laughs> and then goes home to his well we don't know if, even if it's his wife we but don't. his just, partner let's call her yeah his partner uh mandy who um is i guess an artist she draws like fantasy drawings and stuff of like Jupiter and planetary things. Yeah. She's pretty good. Her, her drawings all throughout, but, um, they live in this remote area and we learn later that it's by crystal lake. Uh, it's by Crystal Lake, um, but they have no neighbors. It's like a weird glass house. It's like, yeah, but it's, it's like a glass cabin because it's like logs and then Logs glass. And then glass. What In the fact, hell? their That's bedroom, crazy. their bedroom is like, um, imagine <laughs> like, um, what are they called? Those uh, bay windows? Yeah, I don't know. Those windows that kind of poke out of your house, but it's all glass. That's where they sleep. <laughs> and that's fucking bonkers because you're sleeping there at night. 
and you can see everything outside, which is cool, but they don't have like the correct kind where they can't see inside. Like I remember my mom was a housekeeper when we were kids and there was this one house we would go to um, with her. And there was, um, I used to say that those windows were installed backwards because when you were in the kitchen in the middle of the night, and we're talking about up in like Mandeville Canyon, which is like just, you know, mountainous kind of, and um, you would look out the window, but really all you would see was your reflection. And I never knew until my uncle once caught me looking at myself in the mirror, like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that you can see everything in. So the windows were like installed backwards. That's, I, I, that's a good idea for a home. If people can't see what you're doing. Yeah. Well, like I remember in, um, in Florida, um, like at night, if they have some, uh, windows that have tint on them and like businesses and stuff like that. Like if you have the lights on inside, like you can't see out anymore, but everybody outside can see right in. And so mm-hmm. like you have to close the blinds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think, you know, it's just one of those things. It's like that in my office too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But definitely. So I wrote down, like it said something like shadow mountains, right? Wasn't that like the opening yeah. or something? Mm-hmm. Shadow the mountains. shadow mountains in 1983. And to me, it was like, remind me of like kind of Northern Lights or whatever. They just like looking at the uh, colors in the sky. Well, yeah, that, and that's one thing that's throughout the movie. The The colors are so vibrant and so beautiful. It, it's like... Um, well, it's, it's definitely like, it has a trippy aspect to it. It's called Mandy, which technically in Australia, I believe, is the term for Molly, which is, you know, uh, <laughs> what, time what's Molly, Stefan? <laughs> you know, it's the thing people party with. Um, but so what my point of it is, is that the colors in the movie are very trippy. And I think it's done intentionally because I think this Posmos Cosmodos guy has definitely been to the Cosmos a few times. <laughs> well, he's apparently so I did a MDB this thing and um, it, it did say that his one of his what, what like a trademark or one of his go-to whatevers is he's the, um, the LSD director. (laughs) And so I guess I imagine an LSD trip Mm -hmm. is this movie in probably every aspect. Um, okay. So the colors are beautiful and vibrant. Um, and it's so throughout, you're going to see this beautiful, and serene image for example they're like on a boat and they're just having fun just being in love and then it cuts to the scene where he has a nightmare and it's and it it gives you kind of like this um you're unable to settle it's a beautiful scene and then something bad and then something good and then something bad and you're kind of always kind of like wait what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen next yeah um but but like remember when it started like the movie opening before anything, even before Nicolas Cage, it had this whole like poem that said, when I die, bury me deep, lay two speakers at my feet, wrap some headphones around my head and rock and roll me when I'm dead. And like, to me, I was like, okay, this is, you know, something's going to happen here. And then it started off real where like slow, like I didn't almost even feel like it was a horror movie because it was like, he's just living a simple life going, you know, working, going home, whatever. And, um, there wasn't any really like, I don't know. You could tell like she was a little uh, skittish. I think when he got home, when she was painting and stuff, like she definitely looks like 
you know, she's been through some things, had some trauma in her life. But, yeah. She, but he's just coming you know, home, being the, the good man or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but either way, my point is it started off with a poem that was kind of like rock and roll me until I'm dead, whatever. But then it was just like had nothing to do with that. So I was like, something's going to happen. I'm waiting for something to go go wrong. <laughs> uh, so so really quick, just, you mentioned that she seemed like she had some trauma. Like she definitely has this huge scar on her face, which is kind of an, you know, unsettling, uh, you know, when you see her, especially when you see her like full, like facing forward and you're just not used to having actors or actresses have any flaw in a movie. So it was, it was really interesting and obviously very purposeful. Um, but I do feel like there is some sort of trauma there because, um, she at some point tells red about, a story about starlings um, and uh, in her childhood, I think think they're like birds, right? Oh, birds. I don't know. And how her father grabbed a whole bunch of them in in a bag and then had all the kids in the neighborhood kill them with like a lead pipe. And I'm like, yeah, she probably has some trauma. So, so yeah, I I do feel like she's got something. I mean, they're, they're living in the middle of nowhere with no neighbors and they don't talk to anybody. They don't have a phone. They don't have anything like that. So there's gotta be a reason why they're by themselves in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So there was a, I don't know how, how far into it. I know that I felt like it did kind of start off really slow again. Like if you didn't know that you were watching a horror movie, you wouldn't even know that you were watching a horror movie. You'd think it's like, I don't know, The Glass House. The, what, what's that? Like, is it, isn't that another movie? Keanu think, or something? By the Lake or something? Like, I don't lake know. Lake House? Lake House, something like know. that. Because The Glass House is, I think it's a horror movie oh, with well, Lily Sobieski, I think. Like, if you just came in and just, you didn't know somebody was watching and you watched like that first 10. 15 almost 20 minutes of it i don't think you'd even suspect that it was going to go the way it went it did start off pretty (laughs) slow um and i can see now why we fell asleep the first time we tried to watch it um it is pretty slow and you have to kind of focus and i remember telling myself it's gonna get good it's gonna get good Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't give up don't give up um it is quite a bit of mundane just slow the movie you know what it is it's very quiet it's very quiet. Well, the beginning of the movie when it's yeah. idyllic, There's not a whole it's lot very of quiet. Yeah, the movie throughout doesn't have a lot of words. Yeah. Um, so Mandy, Mandy, you know what she is? She's fragile. Yeah. So remember, there was a scene where she comes out of the water, and there was like she had like her one eye to me looked bigger than the other, like her pupil or whatever, and she was like tripping because she saw that dead deer. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, so like at that point in time, I wrote down Mandy equals damage because I feel like she definitely has something in her past that's fucked her up and she's working through it. And, you know, again, I don't know what, the, the you know, he, he was seeing her come out of the water. So both of them are having visuals or, or trips, I guess, together or something like that, you could say, you know? Well, so she's seemingly very fragile. Like, I feel like, you know, in fall, when there's a leaf, that very crunchy, crunchy leaf, like you don't even want to touch it. You want to stomp on it, but you don't want to touch it because anything is just going to break it apart. And that's how I feel she is. 
I mean, she proves me wrong later, but that's how I feel she is in the, in, in at least the beginning of the movie. Um, so that's what they show. They show, um, you know, a few scenes of them just being happy and, and together and just what their life looks like and, and their back and forth and their pillow talk. And yeah. I, I, I like the idea of, of their bedroom done correctly because then they see all the lights in the middle of the night when they're sleeping and they're out in the na- in nature and but, it's yeah. it's beautiful. The way they have it, though, it's like a bear could come in and just smash through the glass. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't know how they feel comfortable sleeping in that open woods like that yeah the glass house like it it would be nice for um i guess a night but you can't see in like (laughs) (laughs) okay then there's another title card and it says the children of the new dawn yeah and the children of the new dawn is a hippie cult yeah uh there were some weirdos in a van Mm -hmm. and they were like so we don't know anything. There isn't a whole lot of backstory or explanation about them or really, I don't know, a whole lot. You just kind of see them driving along in a van and Mandy crosses their path. Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. Well, she doesn't cross their path as much as she's walking down the road and they're coming the opposite way. Right. And the cult leader, um, Jeremiah, um, just likes the way he looks, well, likes the way she looks. And... Um, that's it yeah it was just something <laughs> he just caught a glimpse of her passing by mm-hmm. as they drove and he was like I gotta have her or something like that I don't know it was very strange very weird um, interestingly enough uh, that character was the one that was offered to Nicolas Cage in the first place uh, the director um, said that Nicolas Cage would be a good Jeremiah but Nicolas Cage was like nah <laughs> I want to be this. And so it took a lot of, uh, uh, it took um, sitting down with Elijah Wood, who is, uh, Frodo. Uh, who's Frodo, but he's like a producer on this movie yeah, for them to producer. kind of see, okay, now I get it. Yeah. He should totally be red. So, um, but yeah, I, I couldn't imagine Nicolas Cage in this Jeremiah role. Um, no, I mean, uh, I think he could do it, but again, he might come out like Con Air's character. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I, I, at that point in time of the movie, I wrote down something that I don't remember right now what it was. It was called okay. Horn of Abraxa or Abraya, oh, something like it's that. It's Abraxas. Yeah. Okay, so in, in there, wherever their, their compound is, Um, Jeremiah is in his own room and then all of his followers are, you know, just in separate rooms, but they keep coming to counsel him. There's this one who is Sister Madeline or Um, Marlene, Sister Marlene, and she's fucking crazy. She's this, um, she's this older lady with long, beautiful white hair who would be very sweet and gentle if she wasn't a complete fucking psycho. Um, and then there's another one who is brother, shoot, Uh, what is his name? I'm going to write their names down. Um, it's the other one (laughs) but he's like he's jeremiah's like right hand isn't he bald the older yeah the old bald guy yeah and what he is um tasked he's tasked with going to go get that girl i saw per uh, jeremiah um 
And, um, but anyway, so he's at first, he's just laying on his bed and, and sister Marlene is sitting there and and she's trying to comfort him. And I kind of get the feeling like she's trying to sleep with him because she like likes the attention, but he's like too distracted. And then he yells at her, if you are not with me, you will not ascend. And I'm like, oh shit, all of this super stuff, like super spiritual stuff that people are constantly saying is very, very, like, um, very, um, similar to that. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but that was like a first for me, like, well, wait, that caught my attention. (laughs) And then, um, and then the other guy, oh my God, I wish I I had his name. Um, he comes in and that's when Jeremiah says, Hey, go get me that girl that I saw. I, I need her. And, um, he asks him about the horn of Abraxas and what that is. It's, um, it's like this volcanic rock or something with holes in it and you blow in it. And it's like, what is it? A conch shell? Conch shell? Conch shell? It just blow it. It makes I a fucking sound. It's like a horn. Um, but you're supposed to summon something. Um, so we go, you know, we move forward and we see this guy. What is his name? His name is um, Brother Swan. That's what it is. Brother Swan? Brother Swan, yeah. His name is Brother Swan. Um, Brother Swan goes out into the woods in the middle of the night because Sister Marlene already found out by going to Manny's job where she lives, Crystal Lake. Right, yeah, Crystal Lake, (laughs) all places. And then... um, but then Brother Swan is out in the wilderness, uh, in the dark, in the middle of the night, and he blows the horn of Abraxas, and these... What I called at the moment, Cenobites come in motorcycles and they come and they drink this big old jar of whatever and and they want blood so they're that's when they're tasked with going to go kidnap mandy yeah, and and do something gang. to red yeah some psycho biker gang but they also i wasn't sure if they could have been aliens or something because they kind of didn't really you know what i mean like well they, they really one of them really looked like a cenobite from like the original hellraiser, hellraiser yeah yeah but they were definitely otherworldly. But I, I wrote down like alien with a question mark because mm-hmm. at first I wasn't sure of what they were. I mean, weird fucking biker gang. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're, so they're crazy looking. They're like so. So at that point in time, I so they basically I, they teamed up basically in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't really understand. And I, I guess we'll get there. All right, we'll get there because I understood it. So then we cut to the kidnapping. Okay, no title card. I just sectioned it off to the kidnapping. Um, so in the glass room where no one should sleep, they were uh, Mandy and Red were sleeping. Anybody can just see them in. That's where shit starts to get crazy. That's when. Oh, my gosh. So from this point on, we're no longer asleep. From this point on, I'm no longer at the edge of seat. At this point, I am like holding on to my blanket like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Because it gets so good. So, oh, I don't want to. How they, so they were so quiet that they snuck into their glass house all the way into their bedroom. Like multiple people. But it seemed like there was like an electrical storm at the time. So, yeah. So, I, I, I don't know what it was. But they well, got. They, mean, this is. Go for it. It's, it gets crazy. This is where I changed my mind about Mandy being fragile. And this is where it was solidified in my mind that she had some trauma. Because this is how they get woken up. They are 
pulled up off of their bed. That's a mattress on the floor. And that's how they woken up. And that is so fucking jarring. Like, I hear dog footsteps and I'm like, what was that? Can you imagine just getting ripped out of your bed? Like yanked out. Yanked out. And so it cuts to Mandy's face on the floor turning towards red. And she's like stoic. She's like, okay, I know how to react here. I just don't fight back. I just let this happen. And at the end of that, um, I'll be okay. But she's just blank, blank, right? And so she's looking at Red and they're looking and he's looking at her. And then you just see somebody hit him in the back of his head and he's passed out. Yeah. And this hood is put over Mandy's face. Oh, that's got to be the worst, too. And you're like, oh, fuck. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all she wrote. Oh, my gosh. And it was like. Like she just didn't panic. She just knew that that's how she survived whatever other traumas. We cut to Mandy sitting at a table and she's bound and gagged. And she's next to the, I don't, there's another, there's a one girl who's part of the cult. And then there's the sister Marlene and sister Marlene is so fucking scary because she's one of those little old ladies that is so nice and sweet and tender. Says Sister Lucy. Sister Lucy. Yeah, Sister Lucy is nice and innocent little flower child. But then Marlene is like fucking bonkers. But she's she has this facade of I'm just sweet and just gentle and just graceful yeah. even. Mm-hmm. But um, she was like 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 fire like mother firefly, but like mm-hmm. evil because of my firefly family. Like the mother there, she was nuts. But this one is like all kinds of fucking crazy. Like I would much rather face off of face off with Mother Firefly than Marlene, because Marlene will fucking claw your eyes out and then curse your children. (laughs) So, um. So speaking of eyes, when Mandy was restrained at that point in time, they put some sort of like. Drops in her eyes. Yes, absolutely. And, and they said the chemist they, cooked up some good stuff for you. So that's yes. like some, what is that, LSD? I don't know how it works. Maybe, I don't know. But we should have researched she drugs. also got stung by some gigantic wasp, like right now. Yeah, that they, that they stored in a, in a jar, a, a jar of liquid. It was, it was so crazy. Yeah, crazy. It's like venom or something from like a wasp or something. Yeah, and, and so when they did it, that uh, the old lady goes, that's what we call the cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I don't fucking want your cherries. <laughs> Fuck away from me. Um... So then once she's all high and super drugged up, they walk her into the living room because all of this is still taking place at Mandy and Red's home. So they walk her back to the um, to the living room. And that's where the cult members are all kind of just laying on the couch, on the furniture, just being all like as if it was a Renaissance painting. And they're just kind of just hanging out. And then Jeremiah in a, a robe is just standing there and and you hear him in the distorted voice because I think we're hearing him through um, the ears of Mandy because she's 
super fucked up at this she's moment. She's trying to block him out or her, her. Yeah, she's just like really tripping out and she's everything. She's super, super tripping out. And, um, and, and so Jeremiah is like talking to her and um, he tells her, you called out to me silently and I listened. Taking no fucking accountability. Like, I'm sorry, you just had her kidnapped. She didn't fucking call you. She was going to work. Yeah. But, but okay, so this is where I have issue because there were a lot of people um, online that were saying that, you know, he was like Manson and this was like a Manson-esque cult. And the, the only similarities I found were Jeremiah and Manson, both failed musicians, both had um, people who followed them. Um, this guy seemed to take pleasure in the things that he's doing. But let's continue. Anyways, um, I, I, I did you so he got real serious at that point in time when he was trying to like get Mandy to look at him. Mm-hmm. He finally screamed out, "Look at me!" And like to me, that's the point in time where I was like, "Yeah, this is this movie's like it." Remember, I said it kind of didn't really start off as a horror movie. By this time in the movie, I was like, "Yeah, this is full blown." <laughs> you know, taking a, a whole 180 degree turn. And he yelled that out. And I was like, man, you know, his eyes were huge, too. So you knew he was like tripping out on something. Well, shit. so there's um, there's a lot of issue I have with Jeremiah just in general because he's a fucking asshole goober. But um, there was a point where he starts telling um Mandy that God chose him when he was down. You know, I guess his album didn't make it. Um and, uh, you know, he says um, that having been denied all that was rightfully mine. And I thought, man, <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a serious note, it was it was um, he thought that he was the second coming and um, he plays he plays his music for Mandy and um, and and his songs are playing in the background and he keeps going and talking about how God gave him permission to take all that was his. And then while the, while at the, what is it? The apex of his song? What, mm-hmm. what is the technical term for it? At, um, there at this, as a song, the as the music swells and there's a climax, he disrobes and you see full <laughs> frontal male nudity and you see his wang just hanging there. <laughs> and, 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 and Mandy, I fucking love her for this. She starts saying, wait, you wrote this song and it's about you. And then it's like she looks at him and he's fully naked, exposed to her, like saying, come fuck me. She just starts cackling. Yeah. But like it's such a distorted laugh. Like it was it was it was like an amazing laugh. She was just cackling and cackling because she was so high. She couldn't contain it. So he started to beat off, too, at one point in time. He's trying to get it back up. And I wrote down because I thought he looked like Buffalo Bill sort of from uh, what's it called. So Mm -hmm. I wrote down Buffalo CK. <laughs> um, oh no, that is so rude. That's funny. <laughs> and then yeah, she just fucking. She laughs. just fucking laughs. And, she laughs. and you know what that does? It embarrasses him and it pisses him off. And he tells the rest of his mem- the members of his cult not to look at him. Like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. And and they're not. They're not looking at him. But he couldn't get it back up. So he couldn't rape her. <laughs> so what does he do? 
cut to the scene where they go back outside and they see Red. Yeah, um, he's tied up at this point in time. Um, but, so, but like he's like bound and gagged as well, but yeah. with barbed wire. Well, um, right. But and then they, there's this. The, what's that? Um, that one chick, she does like a Russian roulette with a gun. Oh, Is that right. Before okay. they went so, outside? Mm-mm. They go outside. And so Jeremiah goes up to Red because at this point he's. Uh, that Sister Lucy girl. Yeah. So he goes outside with Brother Swan, uh, Sister Lucy. And they go outside and they see Red. And Red is at a tree, uh, tied up to a tree with barbed wire, yeah, barbed wire mouth. over his mouth. And then um, and then he he tells her, you and Mandy think you're so in love. Let me show you what love is. And then he has Lucy get on her knees. He puts one bullet in the revolver, spins that sucker, mm-hmm. shuts it. And has her pull the trigger. No, and she doesn't even hesitate. She doesn't hesitate. She does it. Of course, there's that of <sighs> relief afterwards. Yeah. But she doesn't hesitate. She said, he goes, that is love. And they stab Nicolas Cage. <laughs> well, yeah. they stab Red. And they stab him in, in like this stomach, stomach kind of. Yeah, like, like on, on the side. side. But the, the, the dagger is like, I don't know, like a foot long. Mm. <laughs> it's enormous yeah i kind of later on i forgot that he got stabbed because of all the moving around he does <laughs> but um well he had whiskey at yeah, some point to help him right, that right. fixes everything or, or vodka whatever it was. <laughs> so so what they do next is oh my gosh nobody should ever have to see this but um it, like to their loved one and what they did was they put mandy inside of this bag and they strung her up and they lit her on fire. Yes, they did. They and lit her up right in front of him. They, they even like slow mode on the, on the uh, gasoline before they lit the match when they were drenching the bag. So he had to like watch knowing that she was going to. Brother Swan said, the bigger the flames, mm-hmm. the darker the, I don't the whore or something oh, like that. Right, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Something like that. But they cut to Red screaming and screaming, but there's no sound. But you can feel the agony. You can feel his pain. Mm-hmm. And I can see why they say it's like one of his best. Because every time that they cut to him, I'm sobbing because <laughs> I could feel his pain. It was so, so bad. Yeah, she's kicking and flailing around in the bag. And yeah. Just... <laughs> oh, my God. And then... They leave. Yep. It's like they shower and they leave. Yep. Oh, they did shower, right? Yeah. They used to shower. They showered and they left. They, they got in the pretty van and they left. And they, left. And they, they leave gone. Red out there and he's stabbed and he's bound and he just watched the love of his life turn to ash. And he finally slips his wrists out from the barbed wire. Oh, yeah. And... It, you can feel down. the pain every time he tries to take his hands out. Like, fuck, barbed wire. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then he crawls his way over to where Mandy's skull is just 
pile of ash. A pile of ash. And oh my gosh, he's in so much pain physically. Yeah. He's in so much pain emotionally. He grabs a skull and, and he puts it back down. And it just, it just, it blows just, away in yeah, the wind because yeah, it's just, so, it's, it's, it's ash. It's such a sad, sad scene. Like, and, and the bodies or the ashes are still smoldering. They're still embers. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fucking sad. Yeah. I, I just even thinking about his reaction, like he fucking nailed it. I, I still feel sad for him. I, I feel his sorrow. It was so good. So he makes his way to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out a bottle of vodka. Yeah, so he, he must have had that stash there. It was stashed. Remember, he didn't have that beer in the beginning, so that means he's had. He knows that he's had an alcoholic past. That's mm-hmm. why he was like, "I'll keep this bottle, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to drink anymore." <laughs> right, but and, and he, he like he, whatever he doesn't drink goes on his wound. Yeah, he starts and, chugging it, pouring it all and, over, and and, and, and sobbing and screaming, screaming and yeah. he's <laughs> feeling even, it almost. <laughs> yeah, just oh my gosh, um, oh, it was just it, it just hurt my heart. It just hurts my heart. Yeah, I, it was um, it was rough to watch, and you know it was it was definitely. You know, you put yourself in those shoes and you're like, how, what would you be? You can't do anything. What can you do? You're just sitting there like people are, you know, you're helpless. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Like when they were setting her on fire, when they set her on fire and she was burning, there were some people there that really loved it or really liked it or enjoyed it. But that one guy was like licking his teeth. I think he's the one holding the uh, the rope. Yeah, <laughs> but then like, there was what is it, Marlene? She was fucking. She was turned on. She was into it. But you know what? Jeremiah wasn't. Mm, no. If you look at his face, he kind of had a oh fuck moment. Yeah, because he's still mad about her reaction about the song yeah. and everything else. So maybe maybe he feels he overreacted. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So turns out Red has a friend. Um, I don't think I got his name. Well, before so before we get to there, mm-hmm. oh yeah, because here's where the movie did get like kind of art artsy and cool too. First of all, I wrote down Cheddar Goblins. Do you remember the Cheddar Goblin? Commercial? Yeah, so when he walks back into his house before he goes to the bathroom, they play this commercial, commercial. for Cheddar Goblins. And it's like mac and cheese, yeah. but it's mac and cheese being sold by the brand Cheddar Goblins. And it's a goblin that vomits, <laughs> vomits cheddar, cheddar uh, no, mac and mac cheese and at these kids. And these kids are getting like, like you remember yeah. Nickelodeon slimed, yeah. but yeah. it's like by mac and cheese. Like, it's so Fucking dare. weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. Double Dare. You don't remember Double Dare? I didn't have cable as a kid. Oh, sorry. Well, it's, it had to do with slime, stuff like that. And we get into this cool, almost Kill Bill esque anime sequence. Oh yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it's it. it yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't Kill. It the anime style was almost more like heavy metal. Exactly. So there are a lot of similarities I found with heavy metal, especially at one point, there's this animation of her pulling out this green, like emerald or something out of this beast in one of his, one of uh, Red's like 
psychosis dreams. Um, but very heavy metal, mm-hmm. very heavy metal. I think I kept shouting that at you. Ah, it's heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. I was like, did Rob Zombie animate this? I know he's not heavy metal, but there were some of the dark and twisted scenes that were drawn that I was like, that looks familiar. Kind of like the the scene, in, the, the the trippy scene in Beavis and Butthead to America. Something like that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of remember. I, to be honest with you, I don't really remember that movie as well as I probably should. But I don't know if I really should remember. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well. Okay. The, that friend of his that he went to go see that you were about to talk Carruthers. about. Carruthers. Yes, Carruthers was actually... A Bill blast Duke. from my past because he was in Menace to Society and he's <laughs> the famous cop in that sequence that goes, you know, you don't fucked up, right? Is that him? Yeah. He's I don't like, remember that. So you went into the liquor store at 830 or whatever time he goes. And the next time he talks to him for a little bit. So you're saying you went to the liquor store at 930, right? And then he goes, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, you don't fucked up, right? <laughs> You know, you don't oh. fucked up, right? He's like, no, no, I mean, no, wait, wait. You don't fucked up, right? <laughs> oh, okay. So That's I don't guy. remember Menace to Society. I mostly remember Don't Be a Menace in South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Mm-hmm. And there's a spoof off of that guy on um, of, of the Carruthers character. What was his name again? Bill Duke. Bill Duke. And, and it was Bernie Mac playing him. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I don't like black pepper I don't like black licorice I don't like Whoopi Goldberg's lips cause they're black <laughs> but that was a spoof on him and I'm like who is that who is that but yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah menace to society yeah totally <laughs> but yeah don't be a menace to South Central while drinking juice in the hood so anyways he so back goes, to Mandy <laughs> yeah back to Mandy so um, Red Nicholas Cage's character goes to see his old buddy Carruthers, Carruthers. which is like such an door like the name is just so soft soft and cuddly and uh, his but he's got a sign on his door that says keep out obviously no it says fuck off oh fuck off right yeah <laughs> fuck off yeah <laughs> and he opens the door and he goes oh it's you and then he says did you come for the reaper did you come for the reaper or I came for the Reaper. I came for the Reaper. Yeah, he goes, I came for I the came Reaper. I came for the Reaper. Which, yeah, so why is this guy holding his weapons? I don't know, because he's his homeboy. He's like, yo, man, I got this badass crossbow that I named the Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> and I need you to hold on to it because, you know. So he asks him what he's going to do with it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'm, hunt- I'm going hunting. And he asks what he's hunting. And he goes, in a very Nicolas Cage in face-off kind of way, Really evil dudes. <laughs> that, that's my Nicholas Cage. How do they do? <laughs> um, and that's when Carruthers gets super serious. Yeah, and then he's like, "Well, if you uh, he likes like the equivalent of hollow tip bullets, but for a for crossbow. Crossbow. Like, well, you better use these and make them count or something like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but then he then um, he talks to him about while well, the black skulls. Um, they're the evils of the forest or whatever. And they've been leaving uh, truckers dead. Uh, there's been uh, sex workers that have been missing and uh, so the- bodies left on doorsteps. And it's it's what it is. It's bikers on LSD. Yeah. They're on a yeah. bad acid trip. Yeah. And there was like this special batch 
of um, of LSD that just fucking made them snap. But why are they still talking like aliens, though? <laughs> like, they're not... They they're all kind of have, like, crazy masks on. You don't really see their face. And they do have this, like, weird voice that sounds kind of like monsters or aliens. Maybe it's because they have the masks on? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, but... I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for I you know. right now, That's bro. Just the, just the little, <laughs> little uh, tiny things so I pick at. He's telling... So, Nick... So, Red... I keep calling him Nick Cage because... I love him. And, you know, I love him, Batman. Um, but then uh, he keeps t- he tells Red about these guys. And then Red goes, well, that's, you know, that's who I'm hunting. They burned her alive. And then um, that's when Carruthers tells him, you're probably going to die. Mm-hmm. And Nick Cage goes, well, don't be negative. And it just kind <laughs> of made me chuckle. And I was able to breathe again. That's when I took a breath. <laughs> Because I was like, okay. Yeah. And then sometime after I think he got the Reaper, um, the bow and arrow, I mean, the crossbow, he also makes himself this badass, like, axe with, like, a handle. Axe sword thing. Yeah. Out of, like, a whole bunch of, what, like, metal that he melts down. Like, all of a sudden he becomes a blacksmith. And he knows how to, like, make this perfect-ass weapon. But what was he before he was a lumberjack? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But he made a cast, and then he melted the metal down, and he poured it in there, and then he had hammered it down, and he's buffed it out, and it was, like... (laughs) Yeah. It looked like something out of... Um, so you remember in, um, Lord of the Rings and they had all those like elfish uh-huh. weapons, not weapons, uh, language everywhere. Right. It looked like something that would have elfish, elfish on it. Sure. It, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it looked like yeah, super he fantasy. Made it, he made it so, it was so well done that it was like. I don't know, like, it was the Hattori Hanzo of, like, axes or something. <laughs> but, like, I don't even know what it's called, but it had, like, um, a, a, like a scythe on one side. Yeah. It had an and axe like a, on a, and a pick on the other, and it had a badass handle. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it, it was just perfect. And I'm like, how the hell did he learn to forge his own fucking weapons? <laughs> yeah. and if that's the case, why does he have the Reaper with Carruthers? Right, yeah. <laughs> Well, for long distance, you know, because remember later on, he does use that for long distance with that bikers trying to get away or whatever. Well, yeah. Cut to the next title card. And Uh this is where the movie technically begins because it's called Mandy. In the most death metal font ever. I know. I like wish that we had that font. You know, uh, you know, like you can never read like death metal bands' names. <laughs> what isn't that? <laughs> That's what it was. It started off legible and it kept growing, and it was like, oh my god! So it's it's like it. <laughs> it says Mandy, but then it looks like either the rest of like so it looks like the letters either go out into different roots mm-hmm. or like um you know like your circulatory system yeah like your veins yeah your veins or, or your veins and stuff your vascular system good job um but anyway it, it's you can't read it but you can see that it says mandy and it is it is very much like a death metal mm-hmm. uh album cover yeah going back to the original thing with that weird like rock and roll me till i'm dead kind of I, I gotta say that the soundtrack for it was pretty good I don't remember the soundtrack. Like, were there real songs from, like, that we would recognize? Or was it just, like, creepy metal music? 
(laughs) (laughs) I remember enjoying it. Okay. Well, me too. Okay. So the, the, this part, um, what I'm going to call title called three or scene three, it's called Mandy and this is vengeance. So it starts off with him being captured. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But so, so, okay. Did he already use the bow, the crossbow yet? He used one. One. So he finds the bikers and from a distance shoots, he sees them, he sees them going down this road and then he shoots the last one. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to, he quickly goes to his car and he tries to run over the guy, but his car flips over. Yeah, and how did the car flip? Like to me, I don't know. I think I, I think he ran over the, the motorcycle or something. Mm, but yeah. he he flipped his car over, and next thing you know, he's captured and he's tied up. He's he's handcuffed to like this pipe, and he has his hand nailed to the ground so he can't move. And who's in front of him? Cenobite number one. Yeah, there was also an anime sequence again right around that same time. I don't know if it was before. There, I mean, I know it was after the car flipped. But um, I don't remember the animation sequences. Either way. I don't remember where they went. I yeah, sorry. Either way, he was yes, completely like had one hand nailed to the to the floorboard or whatever, he, mm-hmm. and the other one was just tied like with he was chained or whatever to. It's uh, handcuffed to like yeah, a handcuffed pipe. yeah to pipe. yeah yeah that's right. I'm yep. that. I'm sorry, I'm recapping. Okay, <laughs> so that's Cenobite number one. <laughs> Um, um, okay. So, um, at some point, okay, so he's able to overpower the Cenobite, um, <laughs> Cenobite, we'll call him Cenobite. He overpowers him and, and pushes him into like this hole. There's like this hole in the floor and he like was a- is able to maneuver himself <laughs> out of his handcuffs and put him in. Anyway, he escapes and we find that, he, that these guys, this biker gang is squatting at the home of this older couple and we know this because (laughs) red walks into the couple's bedroom and they're dead dead. the woman is is dead in her bed with her eyes open scared and the man is ass up and it's fucking tore open bleeding it's got like poke like blood like different like he's bleeding, bleeding all over his ass. his ass and then so then red oh. keeps going and he sees this guy watching porn in the living room and we see that it's another biker but he has do you remember the movie oh. seven uh yeah yeah so that's the same kind of thing it's um He's wearing this, like um, a, a belt, a like, strap on, like a strap on, kind of. but the strap on isn't a dildo. The strap on yeah. is a, a massive, like, like blade, <laughs> and and it was very much like the movie Seven, but bigger and serrated. Yeah, and I and that immediately I'm Definitely like, oh my god, that's damage. how that old man died. <laughs> Finally, I was like, it clicked, and I'm like, oh shit, the that sucks. Lady probably got it too. You know? I don't want to think about that, <laughs> but um. Yeah, he had a like a knife cock. Yes, <laughs> and so Nicholas Cage starts a fight with him. Oh my god! And this is Red is a fucking killer because while he started off, you know, not so great in trying to get his revenge, 
he fucking kicks his ass. And not only does he kick his ass, he kicks the ass of another one that comes back. And that's the one that he tricked earlier to escape. Suddenly comes back and tries to shoot him, but misses. And Nicolas Cage kicks his ass. He He kicks both their asses. Two deaths in that scene. One of them dies with an awesome neck snap. I think it's this whoever's the second yeah. guy. How the fuck does Red know how to snap I a don't neck? Know, but he does. Let it me tell in, you this. In like a tip top. He did. Like, cause my brother <laughs> used to fake snap my neck all the time when he used to get mad at me, and never happened. I either have a really good neck or it's not that fucking easy. <laughs> so how does he? Like, so he many just, questions about yeah. Red. Yeah, we don't know enough of his backstory. He's definitely right. got a, a past that he's trying to hide too. So, uh, but he got his sword or his sword thingy back. Yep, he finds his weapon. He takes his little. Uh, and you know what else hatchet, he finds? Gigantic hatchet. He finds apparently a big old jar. That jar that the bikers drank from earlier. That's a big old jar of LSD. <laughs> yeah, he finds it. Takes a tiny t- little hit and trips out. Oh my gosh! Tiny I never want to do drugs in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he puts his finger in there just a little bit, gets a tiny bit, and puts it on his tongue or something, right? And mm-hmm. next thing you know, pow! Like, but the scene is so well done that the second that his finger touches his tongue, even I felt that trip. Like it like goes boom and suddenly you're high with them and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. I it's really cool. Some. Yeah. Yeah. It, it. So after that, like I, the only thing I can describe is red becomes blood drunk. Like he is in it till the end. He's going to fucking mm-hmm. kill every one of these fucking guys. He's going to kill the whole fucking cult. And he is, just going for it mm-hmm. balls deep this is uh yeah so basically he, he whoever crosses his path he just murders him straight up yeah so after he found that gigantic hatchet again he did have a fight scene with a few people and he burns like the enemy at that point down yeah 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 definitely the, yes. those are just those are more bikers and he shoots one from afar um and the guy pulls it out of his neck, pulls right. the arrow out yeah. of his neck. Yeah, and they right. get into this fight scene. And in this fight scene, at some point, Red manages to set the guy on fire. He's like got his Rambo on at this point. Yeah, right? he's like, like I said, blood fucking mm-hmm. drunk. And he, um, what he does is he finds a cigarette on the floor <laughs> and he lights it with the guy's like head that's on fire because he decapitates him also. He sets him on fire and decapitates him. So his roll, his head rolls over, and he just lights lights a cigarette cigarette with his head. head. And I'm like, "Go red!" (laughs) Um, So then we meet the chemist. The chemist is a guy that cooks up all of this LSD. He is, and he's also from that Rob Zombie movie. 31. Uh, 31. He's the uh, main bad guy, the Dr. Doom or whatever they call him. But yeah, he just naturally has a weird, scary vibe to him. Like, he also has a fucking tiger as a pet. Yes, he's the guy with the tiger. Yeah, so the tiger's name is Lizzie, the tiger, <laughs> but because the original script calls for Lizzie to be a lizard. Oh, really? Does that make sense now? Yeah, but lizard. But then they changed it to a tiger. The tiger's real name, according to IMDb, is Corfu. (laughs) 
I like Lizzie for the tiger. Lizzie the tiger. <laughs> I don't know what Corfu means. Corfu's like the real tiger's name. So no, I know, but I'm saying maybe it has a meaning. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so back to the chemist. Okay, so the chemist has a tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, the tiger, originally in the script, was a lizard. That's why it's Lizzie the tiger, because Lizzie the lizard. Lizzie the lizard, I think, is the lizard from the magic school bus. Yeah, Liz the lizard. Who's okay. coming in? Anyway. What's the magic school bus? What? Is that something from our childhood? Yes, the magic school bus, Miss, uh, what is her name, Miss Frizzle or something? But it's like these kids, they go on journeys hmm. with their teacher on field trips. Like. Yeah, was it like a cartoon or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. I think my sisters watched that. Okay, well, you're, like, excommunicated. <laughs> The Magic School Bus. Did you ever see this as a kid? What is that? This is a church. Get out of here. This is the steeple. Open the doors and see all the people. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So. He, um, he separates himself. The chemist, however, separates himself from the cult. And he says... Um, he tells him, you exude a cosmic darkness. Can't they see that? So I feel like that's the chemist saying, how did they fuck with you? They should have known better. Because um, Nick Cage is unfuckwithable. Unfuckwithable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he does tell him, you know, they did you wrong, and, and he can see that. And he, he said... My tiger, Lizzie, isn't reacting to you, so I know that I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he tells them where the the children are. The um, he says, "I'll tell you where the children are." And the children is a cult. The children, right. the children of the children new dawn, right? New dawn. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so Red finds the entrance to their hideout, and it's like this. Um, he has to go through like tunnels and he needs to go through canyons and he needs to go through mountains and he gets to like opening of um of a clearing that leads to this chapel yes but to get to the chapel he has to go through two people one is one of the guys that was hold I think of the the guy that um I want to say he's special needs Oh, yeah, he wasn't the guy who was holding a rope, but he was the guy who was like, <laughs> in the background. Yeah, and he <laughs> just he just was like um, a hanger-on. I don't I think. think he was special needs. I think he was, <laughs> and that's not the same thing. Just to what, clarify that. How did, what is, <laughs> <laughs> like, he's not really special. I guess I don't Everybody know. is special. Okay, whatever. He just comes from bad stock. How does that not make him special? I don't know, but he's not one of the good special people. That's what I know. Maybe well, he could have been. He, he could have been, but he was around bad people, I think. Um, as a parent, you say there's no such thing as bad children, only bad circumstances. Mm, okay. I don't know. Yeah, parent. You have dogs. Yeah. You don't have bad dogs, but there are bad. There are dogs that do bad things because of their circumstances. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Gotcha. All right. So, um, 
he uh, and this is also where so he kills the guy that's hoo in your words and then, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we see brother swan is this where he gets his revenge? Or we haven't gotten to the chainsaw yet, right? Stop! <laughs> okay. okay, tell me about Brother Swan again. He fights Brother Swan, who isn't really much of a fight. He, he just grabs him and, and he's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Brother Swan says, better to burn out than to fade away. Mm-hmm. We thought that was somebody's song lyrics, right? It is. It's a Neil Young song. Oh, is it? Yeah, but it's also what apparently Kurt Cobain wrote in the suicide note. Uh, did he? Yeah. Keep on rocking a free world. I am a human jump box. I knew that was a song somewhere. Okay. Um, so then, then in order to get there, we find out that there is one other person there, and it is. Well, how do I even know his name? Um, I don't know. He, they didn't. Did he it was it was the other guy, him? and he's like the muscle, or if you want to say, he's the one that was licking his teeth when he was holding the rope oh, when Mandy was set on fire. Brother Klopik. Brother Klopik, and he is um, he's fucking crazy. So what he does is um, he allows for this beautiful and. And just graceful and magical chainsaw fight to happen. <laughs> it, it's fucking awesome. And the thing is, maybe they don't know that uh, Red is a lumberjack by trade because he, like this guy, brother, whatever the hell, um, comes out with this chainsaw that probably is my size, like it's yeah, my height, so like five huge. foot. And I was thinking, like, is it? I don't know if those are real or not, but who knows? But it, I mean, there are big trees. There are big trees, but I don't know. But, uh, either way, there's also a special effects. Either department. way, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the special effects department because a chainsaw fight was pretty cool. Awesome! Oh my god, it was so cool. Um, but, but, um, even with the bigger chainsaw, Red kicked his ass. With an actual chain plus the chainsaw, it was fucking magic. Everybody needs to turn in, tune in at least to see that fight because it was fucking bananas. Mm-hmm. I wrote down fatality. Brutalist <laughs> <laughs> victory. Your soul is mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop kicking out. We gotta be cool. Play cool. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Um, okay. So then we get to the, um, we get inside the chapel and we see Marlene. And she tries to talk her way out of getting killed by offering to fuck this guy. Of course. Like, like, like he's going to be like, you just burned my wife, but wait, I can get some wrinkled puss? Like, <laughs> really? That's going to happen? They call me Silver Fox. That's not what she said. She said, she said silver fox. <laughs> Gross. Uh, she said, Jeremiah says I'm the most sensual of lovers. Oh, right. She, yeah, that's exactly what she says. <laughs> she's um, very proud of herself. Yeah, but she's also like 600 years old. Um, 
So whatever. But hey, I think she shaves her legs. Most hippies didn't, right? I don't think so. Or bathe. Right. But, I don't know. That's just the thought that came Can you imagine having those um, nice, delicious, woolly legs wrapped yeah, themselves around? Gross. <laughs> no shame to people who don't want to shave. I'm just saying. That's not your thing. Not my thing. And then we see into... This is... Oh, so... Actually, you go into the chapel and then you go down into this like basement that's underground. It's like a catacomb. Yeah, catacomb. And that's where we see Marlene. And we go further deep, we go in deeper, and that's where we find Jeremiah in like this, the end of a cave or something. And he is, um, you know, feeling himself way too much. As he should. No, no. <laughs> and he well, is, in his world, he thinks that way. He's like, of course, I'm still the shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> Buffalo CK. <laughs> and he um, just turns around, and suddenly Red has thrown Marlene's head in there. And that's how he knows mm-hmm. Marlene is dead. Yep. But Jeremiah, how he tried to get his way out of it, is offering to blow Nick Cage. Blow him, I know. And I quote, <laughs> and I quote, come on, man, I'll suck your dick. And I'm like, what the hell? When you thought that it couldn't take another turn. <laughs> and it's like, wait, this just got really erotic. Um, so Red declined. <laughs> but, um, but then... Uh, Jeremiah keeps going on and on about how he's better than everybody and blah 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 and finally he kills him and I think great absolutely fabulous right yeah he's just like dying right like Jeremiah and then he sets the whole thing ablaze and then that's the end of the revenge part Um, we do see Nicolas Cage well Red driving away and he is drenched in blood, head to toe red, and red is red. He and starts he's, to hallucinate. He's, he's hallucinating. I think he may have been hallucinating throughout, but yeah. he starts hallucinating, and he, he thinks sees he sees Mandy yeah. in the passenger side, on the passenger seat. And, and uh, you know, she's just, you know, being all nice and serene and beautiful and graceful. And he, like, turns around and smiles, and because he's covered in red, he looks so, so fucking silly hilarious. because his eyes are white and his mouth is white. Everything else is red and black. And it just made us laugh. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was a cool, it was a cool ending. Uh, I really liked it. Um, I really liked some parts of it. I, I mean, yeah. the movie overall was was pretty good. Again, well, on average, slow, it was pretty good. Slow start, but slow start, but uh, it did leave me with so much stuff. So, um, I have questions. Yeah, uh, there are questions. I don't know if there's a lot of answers either, though, because so, it's sort of set up open like that. But really see. quick about, I have a, um, I believe all of the the most of the deaths with red happened with a reflection. So I'm and also. He had like this insane like PCP strength and uh, you know just like super fucking strong and I'm wondering if all of this was in his head somewhere. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's that tends to be sometimes you know option C. You know where it's like you know people start to wonder if you're in real life or in some sort of fancy world of the character of the movie. You know, I think 
that it was definitely based, you know, trippy and there was drug-induced influences throughout the whole movie, but um, it's hard to say, like, because it could, I don't know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't have any explanations, like the biker guys having alien voices. Well, so here's the thing, when, um, when when the camera pans out and, you know, they're driving away and you see the, you see the rest of the woods and you see the sky and then you see everything and then you realize, oh shit, they're inside one of Mandy's paintings. Because that painting she was doing when he first walked in, that's what mm-hmm. you see as the background. Right, yeah. So either it's a dream or they're inside the painting or it's imagination or he fucking went psycho or something. Um, or that's just what the sky looks like there. <laughs> yeah, With well, that's what, but, but, well, I don't know. But Northern Lights, I think in certain parts of like that, I don't know, in like, I don't know, Canada or wherever, Alaska, maybe some places, like I heard like, you know, you see like, the lights fly across the house with like no no I understand that yeah but um, I'm just saying that there's a possibility so mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that I, I loved about the movie and the colors the gore the violence all of these things I absolutely loved about them um, I didn't really like the slow start but you know it, it kind of made up for it at, you know once once title card 2 came around um, uh, but there are some questions like why the fuck are they living out in the wilderness by themselves? Where did she get that gnarly scar from? How did she know this guy because he's a lot older than her? Um, what did they fucking do for him to have weapons stashed other places? How can he fight like that? How can um, how can how can he fight like that? How can um, how can he forge a fucking weapon? And why can't he drink? And why does, when he says, maybe we should move away from here, why is Mandy like, nah? Yeah, she doesn't, she's very hesitant. Yeah, and maybe, the, again, maybe that's, like you said, it's in their head. Maybe they're, you know, just not really seeing things coherently at all. I, I, I think that they just, you know, have a lot of loose ends, and we're not going to, you know, really figure out those answers at all. I think that it's just purposely kind of set up that way for us. Because, again, even the people who are in the call, like, we have no background history on them. They just came kind of strolling down the road, and here they are. Like, so. I'd like to, I would like to see, even if it was a short like a background on Mandy and Red, like where they came from, what they how did. How they meet? How, well, we've seen how they meet. They met at a bar. Oh, was that? I think, yeah. Like, that's why he, when, when, when he gets his shirt slashed, he goes, you wore my favorite shirt. That's the shirt he was wearing when he met Mandy. Right. Um, but what happened? Like, what was the journey there? Because there seems to be a whole lot of something that happened to make them suddenly become Wolverine living in uh, the lumberjack and having all these fucking superpowers. So I would definitely like to see that. Um, maybe a cult origin because there there has to have been there had to have been other deaths that they were linked to because they were linked they were in cahoots so to speak with the biker gang and the biker gang according to Carruthers was doing this for years you know leaving yeah, leaving bodies yeah and then Carruthers why is he living in this trailer out of nowhere and with all these weapons. And um, and how does he know these things that the police don't? And where are the police? <laughs> where are the police? Yeah, not once you see a cop uh, in this movie. But 
Uh, overall, it definitely, you know, it was uh, there was a lot of twists and turns, and I think, yeah. uh, you know, it's, once you get past the kind of like slow opening, it starts to get really good. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely recommend it. I think everybody should watch it. Um, I want to say thank you, Raul, for for um, suggesting this movie. I think it was great. I saw that uh, somewhere, I think you had written down something about it got a standing ovation or something. For like, oh, yeah. So I was actually going to add this tidbit for you earlier um, because in Entourage, um, one of your favorite shows, uh, they're like, is it cans or cons? <laughs> is it cans. cans or cons? It's cons. No, it's cans. No. Yeah. <laughs> so at CansCon, um, this movie, when it when they when they showed it there, had a four minute standing ovation. Really? Yeah. So it was well received. Wow. Um, unlike Medellin. Unlike Medellin. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's I, I I really do like this movie. I know so far we've only done movies that I really like, and a lot of it's pleasantly surprised. Um, I I, I really enjoy this podcast. Uh, because I get to watch movies, and I've been lucky so far that they're really good movies. But then I get to revisit them and be excited about them without freaking out my friends that know me. Like, my friends know me, but I don't geek out about scary movies with them. Yeah, well, for me, all three of these have been movies that I've never seen before so far. So I'm enjoying it because I haven't, you know, I like to watch new things. And I'm also... You know, looking forward to seeing some classics, rewatching some classics with you, and uh, you know, it, this is going good. I like it. Yeah. Keep it up. So, um, all right. So for next week, we're going to keep in line with the theme of revenge. revenge. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> revenge horror. Uh, so I spit on your grave. Okay, so that's cool. So we kind of like uh, bring it back full circle. I mean the. Yeah, another revenge movie, but it, we're going to watch the original one, right? Yes, please. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say, no remakes. Well, we might watch a few, but... <laughs> yeah, at some point, maybe. There are some that are great. Like, I love Rob Zombie. He's, he lives in my heart. So, of course, we're going to do the Halloween, but um, at some point. But right now, I think I Spit on Your Grave will be a good one. Um, this movie definitely has me in the mood for watching somebody kick somebody else's ass who had it coming. Um, and and it, it's also just a great movie. Might be too brutal for some. So. Yeah, so trigger warning for next, <laughs> for next week. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Read up on it before you watch it. Or watch um, it before you watch it. Or whatever. <laughs> um, so Life is all about experiences. Just go with it. Do we want to plug anything? Um, visit us at icecreampodcast.com. We will be posting our master list, which is where we are going to randomly select movies, and you'll be able to see what movies we are looking forward to watching with you. Yeah, so you can vote in or tell us which ones you prefer. And send us your recommendations. Like, this was, uh, Mandy wasn't on my list until somebody recommended it. So, yeah. here we, you know, send them to us. Um, also, I got a lot of um, haunted stories that um, maybe we can share if we get permission. Uh, so, send us scary, scary stories if you want. Like, we're excited to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you can listen to our podcast on a whole bunch of different platforms now. So uh, find us 
uh, whatever at everything really but I don't have a list in front of me oh. but we're on Anchor we're on Google Podcasts Stitcher um, Spotify Spotify and a whole you bunch of others just go to our website, our website and, <laughs> and uh, look for find us and you'll see uh, what, what's there but yeah anyways go listen to us and spread the word tell people about the podcast and uh, we appreciate your support Looking forward to doing some more. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.